Hi, this is Bev. I'm the host of People at Work. People at Work is a podcast brought to you by Jostle. And at Jostle, we are not only creating technology to help people feel more connected to each other at work, but we're also having conversations like the ones we have on our podcast to help us really understand how to improve the day-to-day work that people do and how they come together to do that work. So um, thanks for being here. And I'm delighted to welcome Karen Tischler, who is the founder of Emily's Path Consulting and the host of the Job Sharing and Beyond podcast. Welcome, Karen. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much, Bev. I'm delighted to be here today. Well, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit over the past uh, couple of months, and uh, you were very gracious to invite me onto your podcast previously, and we had a wonderful conversation about hybrid work, how to extract the most from our out-of-work lives into work, which is uh, why I wanted to have you on my show to help us understand how can we actually embrace flexible work and how can we start to shift our thinking around the way that people do work in the roles that they perform in their organizations. So um, I'm really looking forward to what you've got to share about uh, something that you're passionate about, which is called top sharing. And um, let's get right to it. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. So top sharing for people who are listening, who might not have heard of the concept. Basically, so job sharing is when two, typically two or more people share a job and are responsible together to fulfill all the job requirements. Now, top sharing is basically job sharing on either a management or an expert level. So that could go all the way to a CEO level. That's really interesting. I, I think we've all heard a lot about job sharing and maybe it's it's not widely in practice, but I think most of us at the leadership level have heard about job sharing and might have been curious about it. Um, but I actually hadn't heard about top sharing in particular. So in this half hour we're going to spend together here, you'll help us peel back the layers and understand why this is such a powerful thing for leaders to be considering and what it actually opens up for people in their career development and what they can give back to an organization. So um, let's just pause for a moment. I I just love to know, um, why are you so passionate about this topic in particular? Well, that's, that's a really good question. And really, it's a personal, you know, background or reason for it. So I was living in the U.S. when I had my children. And what happened was that there was no flexible work that I could find that was beyond an entry-level position. So I was a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling mom for 11 years. And then at that point, I was already in Canada, I started to talk with people and research because I realized so many, especially mothers here in Canada were struggling to return back to paid work because they could not find flexible work. And a lot of these professionals were highly educated, highly experienced, but needed a less than nine to five job. And they couldn't find it. So there was clearly a mismatch that there was potential that wasn't being used. So I, you know, my background is research. So I started researching and I realized that in other countries, job sharing was much more common and there was top sharing. And so because of that, I felt there was this need that needed to be explored, that needed to be raised more awareness around the world. And that was one of the reasons why I started 
my podcast to really um, get an opportunity to talk with guests around the world to make other people aware what is already best practice out there. And I mean, just to give you a perspective, one of the things that I've learned is at SAP in Germany, every management position needs to be written out as a co-leadership position. And so, you know, to me, that's one of the best practice, best practice examples that clearly is, it is already in existence. It's just not as widely known in other countries. And so I feel because of my own experience and because I feel we can get to gender equality faster if we offer more flexible work across all levels, you know, that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're obviously coming at this from a personal experience and you've invested a lot of your own professional capacity into understanding this, the opportunity that this presents, but also I'm sure you've been looking at what's holding us back in the North American context from actually being more open to this in organizations. So what have you found are some of the obstacles or, or barriers to us actually having this greater amount of flexibility at the senior level to top share? Well, so I think one of the things really is that people think about job sharing as a whole, as a very much like, you know, a short-term cost increase because they are looking at it. Oh, I have now two people that I need to be, you know, looking after there is additional employee cost to it. And so because of this, it hasn't been um, use widely. And so then the next level up, because it's already on a sort of like, you know, entry, maybe mid-level, not used that widely, people are like, why on earth will we be doing this on a, um, you know, more top level? Because people are worried, well, if there is a co-leadership, can people actually, you know, work together and lead the company in the same direction? So I think a lot of the times people think more of all the myths and the problems rather than looking at it from, we can keep, you know, we have a much better retention. We have a much better innovative solution um, solving, um, you know, capacity because when you have two people working together, they come from two different, and you know, ways and can bring, therefore, much more innovative, um, you know, ideas together. And also the other thing is that really they can use each other as a sparing partner. So they can actually discuss things before they make a decision, but it requires to have the people to have trust in each other. And I think that is a big thing that, you know, one isn't maybe like it, the, the way business has been maybe before the pandemic and was always, you know, climbing higher and higher. It was very sort of egocentrically driven on one person versus top sharing. Really, the ego is not on the person. It is getting the job done. And the personal ego actually has to take a step back. Yeah, you've just touched on something that I was going to ask you about, because as I was thinking about this playing out in, in organizations, I would imagine that 
there is a lot of ego motivation and there is a, a lot of personal success or personal enjoyment that people derive from owning something completely. And I was wondering about how your mindset needs to change to really make this more of a co-creative or crowdsourced way of actually running your role, right? So your role isn't your role anymore. It is a function in a company that multiple people contribute to, if I'm understanding correctly. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, you know, if you have two people being a top sharer, it really is like, you know, it, personally, I think from a company perspective, it's better because at the end of the day, they're working together to ensure that the company is moving forward and in a way it shows, shines the light on the two people. But I think from all the conversations and research I have done, what is really important is to have a, you know, well set up, um, you know, plan how the communication between the two people is going to work but not just between the two people, but also with their respective boss or peers, or, you know, if they have a team, how are they going to handle things? And going back to the trust, one of the things, and that's why I truly believe, you know, whether job sharing or top sharing, it is not for everybody. And um, because you have to have the trust, let's say, I put together a presentation to the board of directors, but the next day it might be not my day. It's my um, partner's day. I have to have enough trust and believe that my partner will do as good of a job as I can to present it and understand the way I wanted it to come across. And I think that requires, you know, a lot of self-awareness. Can I do this? And, you know, and the communication that goes back to it, like, how do I, you know, ensure an, an honest conversation? And I think to me, it requires a lot of, um, you know, soft skills and self-awareness. And in a way, like the, the pandemic, you know, is getting people more and more towards like um, less of a manager but more of a coach and what does a coach do? They are, you know, self-reflecting and helping other people to get better personally. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's certainly not an, an easy arrangement to create by any means. Uh, you know, I think that there is, I can understand the resistance that might arrive from an organizational perspective because you now not only have to find one capable person, but you have to find two capable people to do the same job. Um, and as we know, that's getting harder and harder to find people who are able to take on those senior leadership roles. Um, and then just the redundancy of it, I think, and the wasted productivity potentially that organizations might be concerned about for the reasons that you mentioned, right? Like you're having to hand over every couple of days to your peer who's going to pick it up and run. Um, now, not insurmountable, but I can see how there could be these perceptions with organizations that it's actually more trouble than it's worth. Um, but I can certainly see that it is a tremendous way to infuse your teams with additional, you know, fresh thinking. Um, it's a built-in ability to be able to have someone to bounce off things with or, or add depth to a role. So, yeah, I, th I think that there's, there's a lot to be gained from it. Um, 
But um, I think the reality is is that it is harder to put into practice than than on paper for sure. Yeah. So I think that might be initially a hesitation, and I truly think it is also because people haven't seen it in practice, and. You know, if you don't have role models, successful role models, people might be more um, hesitant because there is absolutely right. There is a risk involved. So what was interesting to see is, you know, as you're saying, the redundancy potential. And so I talked with Maggie Pickett, who in the UK was job sharing with one um, individual, one other individual for decades. And they... And together moved to seven different positions. And when they both retired, they ended up on a co-CEO level. And what was really interesting, what she shared with me, twice it happened. When they moved to a new position, they actually had to um, replace them with full-time employees. And why? The reason they were so productive is, and I think that's often people don't really sort of think about it, is you know, when it is your time of the uh, week, say if it's Monday to Wednesday and Wednesday to Friday, you want to, you have an incentive to hand over to your partner, you know, a lot of the work already being done. So you, you know, unlike a, a one person, you know, you have the whole week and maybe on a Wednesday, you might be more tired, but here you have the transfer, say, on a Wednesday, somebody comes in with new energy. And again, they feel accountable to their partner. And so overall, it makes them more productive. And the other thing is, you're right, you know, people might be concerned about how to ensure that there is no um, communication loss. But a lot of the times, people who are given that opportunity want to ensure that it works to 150%. So they will really come up with many new methods on how to communicate. And also from my research and when I've talked to people, because we have now many more electronic tools, it is much easier to communicate with each other than, you know, Maggie, you know, when she was starting it, you know, none of this existed, right? So, so I feel it is really helping where we are now from an electronic support perspective to have more communication opportunities. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. And, and, and we're going to touch in a bit on, you know, what's changed for us in the past 20 months due to the, the pandemic. And, and I think that shift coupled with what we've got access to with technology is really opening up a whole new world of possibilities for how people come to work together, right? So, um, but before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about how do people who are participating as top sharers not end up working more than they should? So if you're committed to a three-day work week, how do you not end up working 40 hours anyway? Right. Yeah. So what skills would people need to have to make sure that they're actually being productive in the three days that they're, they're working in their slot for the role? I think you're raising a really good point. And I think the day job of a typical quote unquote part-time job is that, you know, that 
somebody might say to you, oh, can you do this, 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 or there is an important meeting. So having a partner who's working with you, it's basically from when I talk to those people, initially they felt, oh, I need to be involved on the day off, so to speak, or answer some email. But the reality is it confuses people and it also hinders the other person from really fulfilling their mission for the day, however they set it out. So in a way, it actually, you know, really helps by having these two people that you as the person who is off knows that you are off and vice versa. And again, in the beginning, the critical part is really to, you know, write out how do we communicate? Do we have two emails? I mean, there are many different ways of doing that. You know, some people have one joint email account, others have two different ones. And, you know, so, so it really, really depends. And um, I think that the key, all I'm hearing is one has to be very honest and very self-aware. And I think because of that, many more things happen in a positive fashion because people really, you know, like your partner can be quote unquote your best critic, right? Because together you are a front, but behind, you know, closed doors, you might say, okay, because say a partner might have a, you know, more skill set in writing presentations. The other one might be better at actually presenting it. So what people have told me is they feel it, they have a coach, a built-in coach that actually helps them get better. And so overall, that helps both of them. And, um, you know, the other thing is from a continuity point of view, especially now, you know, during the pandemic, if something happens, it could be that during a week, you know, somebody is sick or something happens, that continuity is there, that that other person takes on that week or during vacations. So that's one really, really important part in my mind of job sharing and top sharing, that you have somebody there. Yeah, and that comes back to what you were talking about earlier around the, the trust of this is so critical, right? And it really is forming a partnership with the other person that you are top sharing with. And I think that really underscores something that I think is, is so critical for us, regardless of the type of work and how we're doing the work um, in organizations, is having this clear communication and setting agreements for how work is going to happen which I think are, are, you know, communication and agreeing on things is sounds very, very central to making a top sharing um, success in, in organizations. Yeah. And like, um, I, you know, one of the interviews I had with somebody in England and he's a top sharer and together with his partner, they have close to 200 employees who are working with them in a team. And so he said, he simply enjoys it much better working with a partner and he feels he's doing a better job and he has, you know, more fun doing it. And the other thing, and I know we're going to come to that, but, you know, we are looking at how people are getting really burnt out, especially in these last 20 months. 
And one of the positive aspects, especially if you are a leader and you're doing top sharing, you have so many responsibilities to be able to share that reduces the potential of you burning out. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that as you were you were chatting earlier, and this really gives people a chance to really build in space within their week, and you know, be quite disciplined about shutting off when when you've done your Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's it. You you're handing over. Like the, it it really opens up this potential for better self care, better boundaries, better work life integration. I feel. I, I completely agree. And the other thing that people don't always think about. So, um, you know, there is still, I would say, a stigma that job sharing is a typical type of flexible work model that is predominantly for young moms with children. But it couldn't be more from the truth. Reason people like to do top sharing or job sharing is because they might want to write a book. They might want to, you know, travel. They might want to, um, you know, volunteer. So the gentleman I referred to earlier in England, he is using his, you know, non-work time to volunteer, to study and, and to just relax in the sense that, you know, he has a work-life balance. And the nice thing is that like, you know, any volunteering or additional learning or work that people do in the other time that can any learnings and skills gathered through that can then feed back into their working time. So they are actually, you know, like doubly productive because they are training new skills because they have the time to do it. And that's basically in a way a free, from the company's perspective, a free training course where they benefit from the skills that these people are learning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The other aspect of this that I was thinking about is this generation of baby boomers who are about to depart the workforce and what a, a brain drain that is going to create for many industries and organizations. And top sharing strikes me as the, the perfect solution to keep those people plugged in a smaller capacity and help bridge the next generation into those senior leadership roles. So is that an area that you've been thinking about and, and have you coached anyone around what that looks like for them as they're preparing to retire? Well, you know, this is a really, really interesting topic. And, and yes, so intergenerational top sharing is a big aspect of it. And it can also be succession planning in even smaller organizations. So for example, in Switzerland, there is a like, you know, a family run organization and it is the younger, you know, generation coming in, taking over some of the, um, you know, tasks and by the same token, just as he said, learning all of the experience that the, you know, generation before them have gathered over many, many years. So that's definitely something and it allows a more gradual retirement, which is you know, it works and helps everybody. And so in, it is like, you know, intergeneral um, top sharing then provides somebody who might be coming out of university or have had a few years of um, work experience, you know, some mentoring ship in built in 
that intergenerational top sharing. And at the same time, that person typically has more technical skills and might therefore help the other person to, you know, teach him or her new technical skills. So it's a win-win for everybody. And there are so many different possibilities. And I think one of the things that have really, um, you know, made me surprised a few weeks ago when I had a, um, a guest Doppelspitzer from Germany. And so they are leading the marketing department in a private university. One of the, um, you know, top sharers has a more traditional marketing background, but her partner is actually originally, he was a cook and he had to shift his position, you know, because of some health issues and then basically came into um, the marketing area. And what is really interesting is the innovation, his background together was her really bring together because, you know, when you look at it from a cook's perspective, every meal is a marketing, you know, a decorative um, product. And having that mindset together with somebody with a more traditional marketing background is amazing. And so it really made me think about, and, and oh, and they, they are two different generations as well. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. So, you know, there are so many different possibilities and just listening to, um, you know, how that um, top sharing team got together, it made me realize it takes a lot of courage as well. If you are the first one or one of the few in an organization, because people are skeptical occasionally, especially in the beginning. And so, you know, it requires strength to say, can we try this out and to persist? And, um, but the, the results are just amazing. And that's what I feel is like, people don't know what they're missing because they've never experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. From what you're saying, it just sounds like it's such an opportunity to combine unusual skills and backgrounds and life experiences into enriching the role and therefore the output and the contribution that that role makes to an organization. So uh, everything that you're talking about here, it makes me think, well, why aren't we doing this more? Uh, so as we're closing here, I do want to chat about what's gone on in the world in the last 18 to 20 months. Uh, things have shifted significantly for work in general, but perhaps you could talk us through what you've seen as a few key shifts that are really opening up the door to top sharing in a way that wasn't there two years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I'm coming back to my... Um, favorite example of SAP in Germany. And Kava Yunosi, the head of HR at SAP Germany, always well before the pandemic kept on saying, having happy employees gives us happy customers. And the key is on the employees. And I truly feel that he was way ahead of the time and he also always says, we are not doing heart surgery here, which means we can test things. We can pilot things. And if it works good, if it doesn't, we've learned something from it. So, and you know, and here 
in his, you know, organization, every, the management is a co-leadership. So I really feel that, you know, that shift, see that it's all about people and, you know, it's like, because so many people were stuck at home, so they were all of, all of a sudden experiencing how much care work actually, you know, takes up time-wise and exhaustion. And I really feel that, you know, leaders started to realize it is basically impossible to looking after a young child, say, and having a full-time job. And at the same time, you know, so many, like in the beginning, because of this, so many people had to opt out because, especially in North America, flexible work just is not that practice compared to Europe. But because people are having now such problems gaining, you know, getting people back to work. I, and, you know, I mean, and I look at which organizations all of a sudden have sign-on bonuses or methods to bring people back because it is still such an uncertainty with regards to, you know, elder care, childcare facilities, and one's own health. And, you know, then I feel people are starting to think of things. What can we do to, um, you know, ensure that our organization keeps and retains the people we have and, you know, having more remote possibilities, again, makes people more willing to just say, oh, I'm just leaving. So people in organizations really have to think of ideas to keep their um, employees, especially on the higher levels. Um, and then the other thing I feel is more and more research has been done and demonstrated how offering more flexible work is making a difference. So for example, Zurich UK introduced six words, part-time flexible work and job sharing, and they saw a high increase in applications and not just on entry-level positions across all positions and also across all genders, which I feel the more we have that, the more people are like, oh, maybe we need to do that too. Or, you know, there was a um, World Economic Forum article that also mentioned job sharing. So I really feel because before there wasn't so much like, you know, there weren't so many role models that people just were not aware of it and were maybe skeptical, but now as, you know, more and more organizations are losing people or trying to figure out how to find people or have a competitive edge against, you know, some large company like Google or so that might have simply more financial um, incentives. They need to differentiate themselves. And that could be one of the ways to do that. Well, the, the picture that you're painting is is definitely uh, one of, of optimism, and I, I share that as we've uh, lived through the past uh, 20 months. I, I've been trying to find all the upside of a global pandemic, and I, I think what you've shared with us today is um, you know, evidence that there is a lot for us to gain as we've opened our minds to more flexible ways of working and uh, 
those organizations that can facilitate that for their people will be um, leading the way for keeping people happy and, and keeping people engaged and retaining those people. So thanks so much for being here today. Uh, love to hear your take on this. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what unfolds in the coming months and years as we move towards more flexible and uh, work and celebrate the opportunities that people have to contribute in different ways at work. So thanks so much, Karen. Thank you very much, Beth. It was really nice to be on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening to People at Work. If you enjoyed the episode today, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. We'd love to get this material into the ears, hearts, and minds of as many listeners as possible and would really appreciate your help. Until next time.